live and festive in the public's holiday headquarters studio at WSB. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. Although I do move around a little bit, I should be on Saturday afternoons for the duration. You can find out exactly when I'll be on if I move a little bit at my website, MonicaPerezShow.com. You can sign up to my blog there or get to me on Facebook or Twitter at Monica Perez Show, And I'll always tell you when I'm going to be on. We have been talking about the uh, always every crisis seems to be a reason for the powers that be to call for more gun control. And my position on gun control is self-defense is the single clearly defined right that's relevant to civil society. I, I even think about life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness, which are described as rights, are just... The fact that you're there's a, a million rights like that. You're allowed to do whatever you want. It's just when are you allowed to take action against other people? That's really the line in civilization that that we don't cross, and that is in self-defense. So I think the right to self-defense is absolute, uh, but it can be forfeited. So I think that's a very small list. I think if you are a violent criminal, you have forfeited your right to bear arms. I do think that. So even if you paid your time, did your time, there is a propensity for there's a very small percentage of people who are violent criminals and uh, they really have forfeited that right. Or if you are known to have so mishandled weapons that you really put innocent people in danger you really have to have control of your scene you can't recklessness is is not allowed anyway in any form automotive recklessness recklessness with weapons and then there's this question of terrorism and if you are actively uh involved and imminently likely to or um uh in a plan to commit a violent act, you should be probably arrested to start out with, but certainly denied entry into the country, um, deported if you're already here. The risk with having a terrorist watch list where you don't actually have enough evidence to convict somebody of conspiracy or whatever the crime would be is the government, it, it has a tendency now to classify this domestic terrorism when we were talking about the San Bernardino shooting on Wednesday one of the CNN analysts when the initial reports were coming out the witnesses basically all said there were three white men in like all black with ammo vests and all this kind of huge guns they were talking about well it sounds like militiamen it sounded to me like military guys but they were saying it sounded like militiamen domestic terrorists is what people call that now and that, yes, if you're going to go around killing people and they have evidence of that, obviously it's a crime in itself. But if the government has the right to call objections to government action, the government has really been doing a lot of stuff that's completely unconstitutional, violates the Bill of Rights. At what point do we 
have a right to resist them and not be, you know, they're always going to call that terrorism because there's an inherent conflict of interest between the government and the citizens. So you don't want to just have them label you because of what they call extremist views. Our founders have extremist views. Ron, Ron Paul has extremist views. I do. I feel like the Bill of Rights should be absolute, that I am very devoted to that. And I don't think it's extremist, but in in the definition of the word that it's absolute, black and white, that's how I feel. And I feel like having the government profile people like that is, uh, you know, a slippery slope. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Daryl and Sandy Springs. Hi, Daryl. You're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. <clears throat> I'd like to make the point I have not heard yet on your show. Maybe somebody else has made it. Uh, gun control is not going to, I don't think in my mind, that gun control is going to stop terrorists. If uh, if you remember from what the news reports uh, were, these folks, this couple had made a number of pipe bombs. Yes, and they 12 pipe bombs. I was just going to say that. Yeah. And uh, I think, you know, it's it's possible that it may stop one incident somewhere, but it's not going to stop people that intend to harm and kill others. Even if it stopped one incident, just a minute, even if it stopped one incident somewhere, having armed citizenry would stop all the other incidents. A few, the net result would be overwhelmingly fewer of these incidences. I wholeheartedly agree. As a matter of fact, I heard a news report, I think this was from the week before last, you correct me if I'm wrong, but of a couple that was being held up by an armed robber, and the wife actually reached into her purse, pulled out a gun, and shot the robber in the head. And the second robber, who was with him, fled. So it stopped them from being not only robbed, but probably harmed if the, if the person holding the gun just, deci- just decided that, uh, that it wasn't enough money. I read a story I- like that about a 13-year-old a few weeks ago. <laughs> that a 13-year-old did. That, that he just knew how to use the gun. And that's why rural areas have lower, not, I don't know if that's why, but certainly higher gun ownership is correlated with lower murder rates in rural areas across other demographics, age, race. It's just there's higher gun ownership, lower murder rates. Yeah, I, that's just I, I'm how not it sure is. what the answer is other than gun, but it sure isn't gun control. No, I agree. And I'm, I was just going to refer to an article I read on Ben Swan, um, about a sheriff in upstate New York who made a Facebook post that said, uh, in light of recent events, I want to encourage citizens of Ulster County who are licensed to carry a firearm to please do so in capital letters. He goes on to encourage them and also uh, off-duty police officers, retired police officers to help protect each other in these dangerous times. And he would know, you know, he knows the answer. Thanks, Daryl, for the call. I'm going to Scott in Atlanta. Scott, you're on with Monica. Yeah, Monica, I appreciate the, uh, the, the let me talk. The answer to the gentleman's question about why do you want to keep people from uh, not correlating the no-fly list or the terrorist watch list, and that, those are actually two different things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The reason you don't want to say they can't have guns is for two very specific reasons. Number one, if you're on a felon, you get the ability to have a jury or a judge review the case against you, you have a measure of 
validation, a measure of proof beyond a reasonable doubt, and you have the right to appeal. Anybody can be put on a no-fly list or on a terrorist watch list. There's no judicial review. There's no right of appeal. Any government official can put you on that list for any reason they deem fit. And you have no right to understand why or even if you are on that list. Yeah, and that that can be used politically. Like, that's not just, oh, that's unfair. It can be used politically. And Steve Hayes, commentator on Fox News, was put on the no-fly list and was never given a reason why. So you're removing somebody's constitutional right without judicial review and without the right of appeal. Yeah, that's excellent. It's not an NRA problem. It's an ACLU problem. Even with... Scott, even with these uh, these incidences that are reported on the news where the people are shot by police or they commit suicide or whatever, you never hear, uh, you, you know, you can't interview them. There is no trial because they're dead. I, I feel like we accept all the conclusions we are given by officials, often unnamed, and the media about what happened and why. But it's never fully vetted like it would be in a trial situation. I, I actually go one one step beyond not only protecting your own rights, but protecting uh, the kind of propaganda, you know, guarding against propaganda that's used to promote policies that, that may not actually follow from the events they're citing. Right. And so I'm a big fan of, no, of the process. no transparency to that list, to either one of those lists. If they were to say, hey, this is this person's on the terrorist watch list, and here's why. They're not going to tell you why, because they don't want to give away their sources. Yeah. So I, yeah. It, I mean, that is, that's scary. And judicial review. That's, that's really scary. You can't, you can't correlate it. And it yeah. reminds me of the, uh, where there's no transparency. Oh, I forget. But <laughs> it's it's just super scary when they can just target you like that because they they want to protect themselves they they're for that's what the bill of rights is all about not protecting you you cannot trust the government to protect you you have to protect yourself and that's why they have these restraints which they have to there has to be due process absolutely so appreciate so, it, yes thank you so much scott um it's that's the thing with the propaganda is there are real problems. If you actually look at them, many, many times they could be prevented by just pulling back on government policies that are already in place, such as gun control. Gun control in Chicago, if they peeled that back, the people would have some defense. The murder rate would plummet immediately. That did happen in Kennesaw. Reports are that when they made mandatory gun ownership, the murder rate went down and it stayed down. But they're not in it for that they they have total power over us if they can keep us afraid i actually think that's part i said we know what are the reasons that maybe they want to take away your guns one of the reasons i think might be they they like the fact that we're defenseless because that means we're always going to call for more surveillance more police i noticed this in baltimore actually predicted last year that in 2015 there would be a pullback on police that would increase crime and that is what happened in baltimore they pulled back in the police murder rate went up because that's what makes people look to government for answers so with total peace and prosperity people don't 
want more government. They don't want to pay for it. They don't want to give up their rights to it. But if they can keep us worried and dependent, they have so much, so much more power. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Clint, hang on, you're next, and you can tweet at me, Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. We're back talking about the the Obama's final push, which will be gun control. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I know the topic comes up a lot, but I really feel like this is like Obamacare time. It's This is his last thing, and he gets what he wants, and we've got about a year left to defend ourselves. I don't know what there is in store for us, but... What do you think? You can tweet at me at Monica Pressure. I'm going to Robert. Hi, Robert. You're on with Monica. Yes, hi. Um, just to let you know, in, in the state of Georgia, because I called the FBI last month on this just to make sure, if you're a law-abiding citizen, you can go buy a weapon, and you can sell it privately to someone else, and you don't have to see if they're a felon or not or on some type of watch list. You could sell it to them or give it to them without any recourse back to you. So basically, if I don't know he's a felon or who he is, seems like a nice guy and I want to sell me AR-15, I can do that and not have to do anything else because it's not on me to prove that he's a felon or not. It's up to the felon to say, I can't buy a gun. But here's the thing. The felon isn't going to tell you or anyone else. I know. Yeah, I know that. So you have millions of people that bought guns in the United States. We have millions of guns out there. And the and so what should happen, we should be able to go online, get his social security number if I want to sell it to him, and some simple database that I can check that I can sell that to him without there being a problem. I don't sell any of my weapons publicly anymore or privately. I sell them back to a gun store because if they sell them, they have to get the FBI check. But and the- you don't want to be liable. Mm-hmm. Now, well, I would I'm, not, I'm not object. Li- I'm, not, I'm not liable, no, but... Right. I understand. But think about that for a second. So if Joe Snuffy Smith, who's not really a good guy but doesn't have a felon yet, goes buys a bunch of weapons, or uh, someone who's a Muslim sympathizer or whoever sympathizes to any radical cause, goes to the gun store, buys a bunch of weapons for a long period of time, he can distribute them to anybody without any recourse against him because or down the line because he does not have to vet those people to privately sell a weapon. I don't have an objection to uh, if you forfeit your right to a gun because you are a violent criminal, then I don't have any objection to one of your punishments being being in a registry. Or I know it sounds absolutely Kafkaesque or whatever they call it, and maybe it's cruel and unusual punishment, but a little mark, a little scarlet letter that people can see maybe a little blue dot on your ear or something i am i have been punished by forfeiting my right to bear arms but uh mandatory background checks won't be uh you know criminals are going to go into the black market and there always will be a black market and that just makes uh regular law-abiding citizens really effectively be part of a registration process or one step closer to that. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Parisha.
festive in the public's holiday headquarters studio at WSB. And now for something completely different. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6, except for when I'm not on from 3 to 6. So if I do move around for holiday events or UGA basketball, you can always go to my Facebook page or Twitter at Monica Perez Show or my website, MonicaPerezShow.com. And find out when I am going to be on, sign up for my blog, and I'll just email it to you. You'll, uh, I'll try to keep you posted on that. But today I am on from 3 to 6. And <clears throat> I, I have talked about this probably more often than any other subject on the air. I mean, I haven't done too many shows on it, but I, I try not to repeat topics. However, the, the question of the Second Amendment is all, has always been top of mind, just like we've always rejected the idea of socialized medicine in this country. The whole world went socialist. We did too in many, many ways, but we simply wanted to preserve our superior or what we felt to be our superior healthcare system. But we got a, what Zbigniew Brzezinski would have called a charismatic leader who really didn't convince the populace so much, but I would say all three branches of government were basically compromised to get Obamacare. And uh, given that this is what Obama himself described as the last thing on his list, the only thing that he would leave office considering himself a failure, I feel like uh, he said it was gun control. So I always thought the reason he won over Hillary, the reason the Democrats allowed him to scoop her is that when she was in office with Bill, she wasn't willing to fall on the sword or they weren't as a couple to get socialized medicine in place. But Obama had one task. They told him to do it. He did it. That was for his first term. And I I think that this gun control is for his second term. And it seems like the long guns, the rifles, that's what they're after. And not because they commit the most, they are used to commit the most murders. They absolutely positively are not. But they're excellent defensive weapons. They're called assault weapons, but they're actually defensive weapons. When you look back, that great Susanna Gratia Hupp stood up to Chuck Schumer in Congress and said, those that grocer in the L.A. riots way back when on his roof protecting his property was using a so-called assault weapon. It was absolutely an effective defensive weapon. And that's, in my opinion, what they don't want. They also want to use gun laws for other purposes. Surveillance, for example, psychological profiling, which makes me nervous. We can talk about uh, those issues, but I want to get to some calls. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Bob in Gainesville. Hi, Bob. You're on with Monica. Uh, hello, Monica. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you? Good, thank you. Oh, good. I think uh, the American establishment political nobility is more va- motivated today than at any time in my memory to seize the guns from ordinary citizens. They're extremely concerned, and you hear it daily, about this Trump phenomenon. People from every background are supporting him. And he, to quote Pat Buchanan, he rejects the moral authority of the media, breaks their commandments, and mocks their condemnations. So why do they give him so much free press? That is a conundrum. <laughs> they yeah. can't not do it. You know, they just can't. Not covered. I don't know. Ron Paul was pretty popular, and they would literally not read his name when he came up. His face came yep. up in number yep. two in polls. But okay, keep going. Okay, I think the uh, the establishment media is the cultural enforcement arm 
of the ruling elite. If you overthrow that apple cart, you eliminate their primary tool for undermining the independent citizen. Trump is leading by example. He's conducting laboratories. He is showing people that they don't have to kowtow to this growing government repression. They don't have to submit to stupid big government think. The elites don't want citizens to believe that we can think for ourselves. That endangers their new world order. So the government sees a growing pushback from freedom-loving Americans. And it's not just Trump. I mean, they're supporting, I mean, it's driving record gun sales and the support from all quarters for anti-government or non-establishment candidates. You look at the top candidates. And, and they, the government has to crush this trend. And the one method they're using to reverse the trend is to bring in floods of non-citizens who have not experienced true liberty or come from more oppressive government cultures where gun ownership is restricted to government agents only, where people depend on the government for their protection and for their sustenance. And we don't... That is not what we need. We want more people to stand up as, as you're trying to lead us, and you are effectively helping our community to think for ourselves, to not allow this this weak culture, this government media culture to come in and tell us, well, you can't say that. You can't think that. That's inappropriate. That's politically incorrect. It's not charitable or kind or sweet or whatever. But this is the very period where we most need, my, need guns. I need my gun now more than any time because... What the government is doing, oh, look at the San Bernardino Muslim murderers. Tashin, Tashfin Malik, the, the female of the two Muslim murderers, received her visa. According, I'm going to quote the AP here. They received her uh, visa. She was subjected to a vetting process the U.S. government describes as vigorous. It includes in-person interviews, fingerprints, checks against terrorist watch lists, reviews of her family members, travel history, places where she lived and worked. But... In addition, she got an extra scrutiny because foreigners applying from countries that are home to Islamic extremists, such as Pakistan and Saudi Arabia, they undergo additional scrutiny before the State Department and Homeland Security. So what you're saying, the government can't protect us. Right. In other words, the State Department and Homeland Security did can't, approve her visa. Yeah. And but I want to I go back, Bob, to something else you said because it, it I by coincidence, the only clip I have left... Uh, for today's show is about, you were saying people come in who have not come from, from places where they've experienced freedom. And my first thought was, <clears throat> if you talk to Europeans who come from countries with strict gun control, they it is part of their social conditioning. They cannot, it is, you say, I believe in the Second Amendment, I think citizenry should be armed. And they they. Sp- butter they like they don't know what to say they think it's the most ridiculous they laugh in your face like pierce morgan did to the uh gun owners of america guy they just they think it doesn't even deserve a response because it's part of their social conditioning they've been effectively brainwashed and if anybody thinks that the people at the top in this country don't know exactly what they're doing as far as psychological manipulation as far as propaganda that uh, listen to this clip of Eric Holder telling exactly how they were going to change the gun culture in this country. Uh, Clint, I'll take that clip. Okay, I want the clip of Eric Holder talking about uh, how we're going to address this problem, but I'm going to play that in a little bit. But effectively, what he says is that 
he wants to brainwash the children in the school starting from a very young age that guns are bad. Just brainwash them. You might have noticed if you raised children recently that the uh, the way they brainwashed on smoking. I mean, kids just look at you with horror. I remember my two-year-old saw somebody smoking and just <gasps> couldn't believe it. And I was like, hey, man, I can't believe you eat lollipops, you know? Like, just <laughs> calm down. But they they know that brainwashing is the way to go. So anyway, thank you very much for the call. I'm going to go to Brian. Brian, you're on with Monica. Hello? Brian, you're on with yeah. Monica. Yeah, um, I... Uh... I had a, a question about, uh, say, say uh, you know, a specific type of gun is outlawed. Um, and, you know, I guess, you know, uh, congressmen aren't going to come to your house and take them away. If, if there was any sort of oppressive um, act, it would be from uh, the U.S. military, obviously. It would be armed you know, military personnel. Um, with with there being so much diversity in our armed forces, uh, with there being people on the political right, people on the political left, libertarians, um, there's, you know, they run the gamut in the Marines and the Army. It's, it, there's, there's not, you can't say the Army is full of conservatives or the, the Army is full of libertarians. Um, what, why would one think that within the ranks of the military, if they were given an order to go do something uh, oppressive and irrational, why would any logical, reasonable, reasonable person think there would not be some sort of mutiny within the well, military I'll tell you, first? Brian, I've thought about that. There is an organization. I don't know if it's still as good as it was when I first the heard Oath of it. Keepers. It's called the Oath Keepers. Right, right. Yes, and uh, but I'll tell you, I smell a rat with all this back and forth between the police and the citizens, all the media coverage of that, so much misreporting. I feel like they're, they, we are being set up to, to have the police, for example, in this case, stop thinking of us, at, thinking of themselves as citizens. They, they, are, they are being, I think, uh, trained to feel that the public is hostile to them as individuals put them in danger. They're getting suited up in the SWAT stuff. They're putting militaristic stuff between them and the citizenry. I feel like that very issue is something that worries the the system, the, the people in power who know how to handle these things, and they're working on it. I really think that... And, and, and well, even if they can't actually get the guns, if they make them illegal, it's like gold. If you want to buy gold under the table right now, that's okay. But if they make a law that you have to register your gold and you don't, well, they can confiscate it or they can use it as like, uh, you know, prosecute you for that. So they can make crimes out of non-crimes like owning a gun or owning gold and make you vulnerable. All of a sudden you're an outlaw. You're very vulnerable to them. You could go to jail. But the, but the same thing, uh, I, the same scenario with the military also exists with the police. There are lots of uh, liberal police officers. There are lots of conservative police officers. There are, I don't know how many libertarian police officers there are, but um, 
there would still be the same sort of thing. If I mean, and, and when you look at protests or, or any sort of demonstrations where people go out to uh, promote their second uh, Second Amendment rights, and they're walking around with with all of their firearms in public, those are those police officers support most of those guys. They're, yeah, I I understand yeah. that now, okay. but I'll tell you. They're, they screen law enforcement in ways that can begin to erode that and train them too. But I, I read a case, maybe it was a couple of years ago now, where somebody sued the New York City Fire, uh, Police Department because he was rejected based on scoring too high on an IQ test. They did not want people who got high, too high IQs, maybe 125 or something like that. On the police force, for what reason? I don't know. They said because those guys leave, there's attrition. I don't believe that. I mean, that's a great job. You don't have to work it that long to get full retirement benefits. I don't. I think the smarter you are, the more you keep it. But they do. I think they they are they're playing the long game. I think that they're they're getting ahead of that exact thing. Uh, I'm gonna um, stay tuned. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty. 1-800-WSB-TALK, and you will hear what Eric Holder said in his own words about how to get the guns away from Americans. Monica Perez on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Uh, I've also asked the school board to make a part of every day some kind of anti-violence, anti-gun message. Every day, every school, at every level. One thing that I think is clear with young people and with adults as well is that we just have to be repetitive about this. It's not enough to simply have a a catchy ad on a Monday and then only do it every Monday. We need to do this every day of the week and just really brainwash people into thinking about guns in a vastly different way. So that's Eric Holder before he was Attorney General under Obama talking about brainwashing children against guns. So that's not a reasoned argument. It's asking, it's trying to get people ready to lose their Second Amendment rights. And people think that government incompetence is why things just keep seeming to go in the wrong direction. It's always going in the same direction, though, in that direction. It's not incompetence. It's just you don't know uh, their, what their actual plan is different from what they say their plan is. I have so many great calls, but this is a very short segment, so I would love for you guys to hang on. If you're on there, I'm going to get to you. Uh, and I'm also at the top of the hour going to tell you a couple of very simple ways that we can basically neutralize the threat of terrorism on American soil without losing our privacy, without losing our gun rights, without spending a bunch of money. Uh, So stay tuned for that. And I just want to quickly read for you a tweet, which reminded me of a quote I had on tap for today anyway. And it was from at We Lost America. Remember empty slogans, hope and change. Yes, we can. Same for common sense. Who decides what is common sense? And it's funny because Zbigniew Brzezinski said uh, we have, he was the national security advisor for Carter and a big insider think tanker or um, power elite guy. He said insultingly, we have a large public that is very ignorant about public affairs and very susceptible to simplistic slogans by candidates who appear out of nowhere, have no track record, but mouth appealing slogans. And some think that Brzezinski discovered Obama as he was a teacher when Obama was a student at Columbia. So that's a little food for thought. But up next, I'm going to tell you some 
easy ways the libertarian would say can protect us. 404 872 750 1 800 WSB Talk. This is Monica Perez. Hey.